You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hello. And Greg Hectus. Wow, we all showed up in bunches this week. And? And that's it. (laughs) The Droll Domes of Summer. Well, welcome. So, first we're going to tell you about GridFinder. They're their, your, GridFinder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been so easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or to upload your own. GridFinder is the home of online sim racing leagues. GridFinder.com Well, on the show this week, we work along with iRacing with a few Nashville Super Speedway issues that may be included in the first patch of the Season 3 build. The 87 Legend cars are in the news this week with classic events, and thoughts in the community on the new update. And remember that you can follow along with us in your mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all of the great topics and products that we'll discuss visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. We hope to see you there. It's uh, time to talk manufacturer differences in iRacing. Man, this is the second time we've talked about this in two months, guys, and that alone is a concern. But we did hear from Briar LaPrade on Twitter at Patriot Briar. He said, uh, imagine informing iRacing that the gear ratio in the Silverado is off compared to other manufacturers in the Nashville Super Speedway fixed set and iRacing still doesn't fix it. Pretty much what this means is don't run the Silverado and see fixed unless you're donating iRating. And so to clarify what happened is they put out the Nashville Super Speedway track like a week ago and of course sets had to be put out with those with the track for all the cars and for the trucks um, the Chevy was on the right gear ratio, actually, but it was the Ford and Toyota had a a better gear ratio, and it put the Chevy at a disadvantage. So, David, you and I were talking about, you know, what is really the impact of this? And I think we were we narrowed it down to Monday night, basically. Yeah, the the guy saying that they're not fixing it is exaggerating. He should try watching how cautions go to see what they're not fixing. Uh, this they fixed pretty quick, right? 
They did. They fixed it in the patch like the next day on Tuesday morning. Uh, we'll get into the release notes, but uh, they did change the gear ratio on the on the Toyota and the Ford. Well, and this is this only becomes a real big issue in the fix too, right? Like the, it's not a, a huge issue, I guess, unless it's a locked in rear end eight ratio um, in general for that track, but only on the sets. If they're fixed sets, it becomes a problem. I guess it's just either there's something in quality control that's not is getting missed right now. I think they got some stuff they got to iron out because some of these things are getting by that uh, you know shouldn't be getting getting by their systems anymore. I have no idea how their quality control works, but they probably need to add a person who goes in and and does a uh, cross manufacturer check of some sort, a double check. You know, I, did, I don't know what, what all steps go in there. So it's just, I'm just spitballing at that point. Well, and this never is an issue. Like, we don't see this issue on the roadside because their cars are all different. It's the, it's the even cars, different manufacturers on the, um, you know, cup oval sides, the trucks, the Xfinity, anything that's oval related. It's, we got different body styles, but the car is supposed to be identical, right? And have diff- the same type of set. So, Usually on the roadside, you see the balance of power adjustment. Here, we're just having these little hiccups, and I and I agree with you, David. I think there definitely needs to either add in a new person or figure out something's get what's getting missed in their system. And if indeed it is kind of a random, unrelated occurrence that this happened to happen, you know, two months in a row, why is it Chevy that at the disadvantage each time? I mean, the odds of that happening are, you know, whatever they are, but. You, you would think maybe Ford or Toyota might be a disadvantage in one of these slip-ups. But if I was a, you know, an executive at Chevy, I might be calling Steve Myers and saying, what's going on? If you roll a dice, though, a million times, occasionally you're going to have the same number happen in a row. Well, and the thing is, is if you look at it, technically the Chevy wasn't supposed to be the one disadvantaged. It was... Chevy got the update. It's Ford and Toyota that didn't. It just ended up being that Chevy was still at disadvantage of the circumstance. So, you know, it it, it ended up happening that way. Like David's saying, it, it rolled a dice and you get you get it to happen. And it's just twice now it's rolled on snake eyes, I guess, for these two. Now, in that patch, we'll go over those release notes now. Um, they fixed the thing with leagues, uh, where the announcements tab was causing an error. Did some AI uh, drivers may now use the Formula V. Uh, and I want to point out how quick a brand new car has AI. So they must have really been working on this ahead of time as they were developing the car to, to be able to put it in AI so quick. Well, we talked about this. This is a good thing for you know starting off and trying to learn how to drive around those things, especially if it's a rookie class. AI is, I, I would have loved AI back when I first started, instead of trying to wait every cup, you know, every hour to get into a race, you know, you could set up your own races and get comfortable uh, around stuff that won't affect you. Because, you know, Mike, but when we first started racing there, you got to try and work your way out of rookie by the end of season 13, you couldn't fast track like they can nowadays. So you had to be good. Other uh, items include uh, visual effects uh, adjusted, some shadowing, pace car headlights look weird. And then you might have seen a new miscellaneous tab inside the sim when you go into options. Uh, There's a new tab, and it basically has 
the base shaker LFE effects where you can adjust um, all kinds of different things like rumble and uh, curb noise and different things like that. And you can move them up and down and kind of tweak them where you want them. So that was just added in this patch. It wasn't part of last patch and they were adjusting something. It's just this patch. I believe so. Cause it's in this release note. Cause wasn't, wasn't Josh having problems with his base shaker the other night? He was. One of the nights? He was. I yes. wonder, does this mean you can use the base shaker without running extra software now? Yeah, that's that. when he first added LFE, that was the idea, without running the uh, stuff that Brian runs, um, which, you know, works specifically with base shakers and stuff. And uh, I use the, I turned on the LFE, and I have a huge subwoofer sitting behind me that's made for a living room, and I'm kind of, you know, Frankensteining some some sound together, and it actually works pretty good. It, it gives me a nice rumble in the room. I'm. Uh, Tony was trying to talk me that y'all are good at spending my money, right? Tony was trying to talk me into buying a bass shaker, but um, I don't know how much uh, noise those would put out in a uh, in an apartment situation. I, I think what you need to do, David, is you need to. Uh, we like spending your money on trying to get that seat. That's what we've been pushing you for. Bake shake, bake shaker. No, that's too. We need to get you that seat. I don't think I'm going to buy the seat because I like my current seat. If I can sit in it for three to four hours at a time and, and my tailbone not hurt, I'm not getting rid of that seat. So they had a drafting overseer been reduced at super speedways on the 87 car. Um, a tweak probably for the firecracker 400. Um, and, you know, setups have been updated on several cars, the Xfinity and some road cars. Um, Red Bell Ring, um, they've made several adjustments there. I'm not going to read through them, but, uh, and Nashville. So some of the new tracks, just little tweaks. Seems like with that Red Bull stuff, there's just these odd little tweaks that we're having some uh, glitches, I guess, uh, right off the bat with the different layouts of the courses. Well, it's funny when, you know, you have your beta you know your QA people to test it and you think you're good to go and so you release it and then just within a few days after the general public has their hands on it you get a whole laundry list of you know oh yeah we need to adjust this nothing's better than a hundred thousand over 10 or 15 people right or depending on maybe 50 to a hundred thousand people jumping on right away and figuring it out I'll take this next topic um, we have the better half dash this is kind of the pros version of our ladies' night out, right? And McCall, I guess is how she says it. McCall Galding uh, was the better half of Zane Smith, and she won the better half dash that they ran on Thursday on FS1. Yeah, she looks pretty good behind the seat, and I like the looks of that seat. It's an MPI seat. The other thing is she's a barefoot driver too, eh? And that is what she drives, but she looks like at least the adjustability lets her with her height get into that cockpit. And they got they've got a podium base and uh, V three wheels or pedals. What a nice setup. Okay, so do we or do we not have a twenty four hour of Le Mans? Well, I'll take this one, uh, Mike. So I guess Stephen Bailey has posted in the. I guess he tweeted it, but it's the actual VRS Global Endurance Series schedule for season three. Um, and it looks like, what, week two there? 
it's showing the 24 hours of Lamar, but it's showing it as a 24 hour event. Um, but they call it, have they always called it Urs de Mons, I guess is what it's actually always been. Yeah. That's um, the official name. When they write it down. Yeah. So, but this is six weeks of all 24. There's like a bunch of 24 hour races. Well, you see the column on the right, it says 1440 minutes. I did the math. That's 24 hours. Yeah. So it's like a six, six week series that they're doing a, a 24 hour race. Yep. Pretty much. And, uh, week two, which is soon that says July 6th. So week one would be this weekend is the first one. It looks like. Yeah. The 22nd. Imagine doing 24 hours at Coda. And then an off week, and then the 24-hour of Le Mans. And then a week later, you're doing CODA. <laughs> yeah, I've already looked the schedule over. This is replacing what's usually the six-hour endurance series. So they don't have the six-hour anymore, David? No, it's like? not there. And also, they dropped the, uh, the license requirement, because it's usually a Class A series. Now it's Class C. So they're trying to get participation. Well, Actually, it's a replacement. Uh, it's a replacement. Yeah, but uh, but it's you know, so they have. Sorry, David. If you look at it, they have six good tracks. You know, they got Hockenheim, which is a new track to the Sim, Lamar, Coda, uh, Monza, Silverstone, and then finishing off in Daytona. That's like those are like the best international tracks I can think of to run those. At least it's not like Nurburgring or something on there. We probably need to give uh, another shot at that in, in that official one. See if we can get th- four drivers instead of three, maybe. The three of us plus we need a fourth driver. It's possible. We'll see. We need a fourth driver, and David needs the bubble out of his pedals. We'll talk more about that later. <laughs> um, so, so, so let me just say the question again: Do we have an official twenty-four hour Le Mans? Yes or no? No. No, Why you have a series air that's hiding behind it. No, air quotes. <laughs> okay. It looks like the series is trying to hide it. Well, there's no announcement from I. You know, usually we have a Greg West post in the forums. Oh, you know, here's the rules. Here's the you know the time and. It'd be on the front page with a nice graphic. Nothing. Yeah, there, there's nothing. There's been nothing. But this is in the schedule, and uh, I went and checked. This isn't like a, a Photoshop. That somebody put on Twitter. I pulled the schedule. I went and looked. It's still sitting there. What do you think the uh, the likelihood of having a multiple splits in this series by the time they reach Daytona? Well, I guess it would be track specific, eh, David? It maybe have more people on it. I know, but you do the Coda one, right? There's there's <laughs> quite a few split splits for the six hour event, so it's it's going to bring people out. What's, what's such a commitment, eh? If you six weeks. Yeah. What's interesting is. If I read it correctly, they may have changed it, but they have one starting on Sunday morning. Those are going to go into Monday every time. Interesting. Yeah, it's Sunday. What is that? 1,400 GMT, so that would be That's 9 noon. in the morning. No. Well, Central. That yeah. noon? It'd be noon, Eastern. So that's got to be for the European. I don't know. I don't. I ask just crazy. Who's going to be able to do that split? It's going to be people who are who don't work or don't work on Mondays. So I'll be able to do it during the summer. You can do the back half for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, let's move on. Uh, Nashville Super Speedway wall is a bit wonky. James DG03 posted a video on Twitter letting iRacing know the, the wall is a bit wonky, and uh, he shows a video here. Uh, basically, where he gets close to the wall, he never touches it, but uh, it, he's scraping along, and, and you can see him bounce off of it, and he, and he literally is bouncing off of a, the air cushion, it looks like, that's six to eight inches wide and he can't even get the car to get to the wall nope it's a new track probably some work to do now is there anything follow-up to this bike in the forums at all yeah so there was a forum post as well and um we did hear from a staff member michael berg um he did say, you are correct that there are no night lighting effects at Nashville currently. These effects will be included in a future patch. There is no difference between the visual and physical front stretch wall at Nashville. Now, he shows a different video, and if you look at it, he gets his car right up on it. So it seems to be a he said, she said. I mean, we have two different videos showing two different things. Well, my question is, is what... Uh... I can't, you can't, the guy only has a bar for his latency there on the video. What is his actual latency to the sim? Maybe his car isn't showing tracking on the track right where he thinks it is. Exactly. And it's got to be something like that. And there's other forum posters that indicate there's a problem with the wall. So it's not just one person who's saying it. And in fact, at the bottom of the thread, um, we have a Christian Challenger, uh, uh, whose staff member post, there was an error and it will be resolved in a patch next week as it, are, as it has already been mentioned. For what it's worth, it's impossible for a tester to spot or know this. I don't know what he was referring to there, but. Just looks like they need to just change the parameter, right? Yeah, it says what you're currently driving on is essentially our defaults for surface parameters. All right, I have a public service announcement. Do not eat these things, okay? Even though they might, I think they may be child safe, but still. We have a Formula V painting fund. We have a Crayola set of, of uh, Formula V paint cars or painted cars called the Cravies. All 64 colors that you would find in a regular crayon box. That's pretty cool. We have to do a race with this now. I'm guessing this is an AI created, like you could create this for your AI and run them <laughs> that. Yeah, you can go on Trading Paints and, and get and click on this and get it and then go do an AI race with 64 of them and yep. Oh, Why is this the most creative car? Like it's the simplest car, but everyone's made the most creative stuff out of it. The, the, because of its shape. Um, no, but no, we need to have the, another charity event and I'll run these and, and just run and have everybody pick a color. Somebody needs to send this idea to Tony Stewart just with all these colors. You can run this car uh, for his SRX series. Well, we got another picture on Twitter from Scott Tyak, and he called his car Cornalicious, and it looks like a corn cob, literally. And we have a pencil. It just get like, it's just... It's awesome that everyone's coming up with all this stuff for the, the fun with this car because, you know, half the thing is to just drive around and see what, you know, I like seeing paints. Paints is what interests me when I'm racing with, I mean, when you see a corn on the cob on the, on the track, I'm sure you'll laugh every time you drive around. Now, if you go down two uh, entries here, Greg, you'll see the 64 
Crayola cars on track there. And they're at uh, Talladega, and I counted seven wide here. So we have up to seven wide, maybe eight or nine deep, guys. Uh, they're all in formation. It's freaking cool. That's pretty crazy. The video above it is pretty insane, too. This guy dodges so many wrecks. Uh, it's, it was posted by iRacing. I don't know who the driver was. From 22nd to 4th um, during the week 13 shenanigans, and I, I know exactly how he did this. You don't lift. I mean, the way these cars are, they're so bogged down, is if everyone else lifts and you don't, you're going to go right by them, and that's exactly what he did on the start. What's that British song where it goes dun, 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 like that? I could just you could have a different theme to it here and have him going through the uh, the field here. It's like when the was it the police officer chase after that theme song? Like I don't remember what it's called, but just could, a different uh, noise would have been or a different song in the background would have been funny for this. I've had a lot of fun with this car over this last seven days. I've ran several races. I'm usually wrecked out. Um, I usually gain spots on the first lap, which is usually just terrible fun because, like I said, people are timid, and if you just stay in the gas, you, you go right by them, and um, it's fun. Hey, look, it's my turn. Uh, I'll take uh, this one here. Uh, iRacingTrophies.com has been updated uh, for the new forums. I guess uh, Craig... Uh, was it Lager? Most of the forms that the iRacers the iRacersTrophies.com had been updated, um, so you can use it as your signature and your profile for the new forms. Uh, so that's good to know because uh, that's yeah, that's a really uh, we like that site just to see what you've accomplished every year. I know every once in a while we all visit it and just see what things we've uh, accumulated in this season or past seasons, right, guys? see how many wins david's uh, currently at because it changes all the time yeah well he keeps taking candy from a baby in the afternoon actually that um that M or euro series is not easy in the afternoon because all the euros are awake it's in the evenings when they're all gone that you can just rack up the wins uh because i yeah i'm up to 108 i'm at 76 i think you're close to me now david but I haven't won much. I haven't won much in a while. You got a race. Wow. This is it's this true. is really the only place I think where you can actually see your overall win total. Like if you go on iRacing and look at stats, you can see the four different road, oval, dirt, and so forth separately, and you have to add the four together to get the number. Uh, but this is I like this because it gives you the overall number. Okay, let's keep going on forum. Uh, we got forum fixes hashtag soon. Nicholas Bailey posted in the forums, there may be some updates to the forums. He said, I think we have something for this on Monday. We need to test some other things out with nested categories. Regarding the emails coming for every comment, rather than just since you last visited, Vanilla, and Vanilla is the company behind the forums, is targeting a release in Q4 of this year for two new pieces of functionality, including email digest and batch notifications. Uh, neither of these are exactly what we had hoped for, but both will allow grouping of various notifications into a single email. We hope to have more to share on that later this summer. So a couple thoughts. Obviously, iRacing is not directly developing the forums. I mean, let's, let's digest that. 
So someone else is in the background is doing it. They've hired another company. It's their functionality, their background. It's called Vanilla. I think, is this good or bad? I mean, I think it might be good because it allows them to focus on the sim and they're not taking their development talent and using it for something as mundane as the forums. Well, if, if you think about it, Mike, you... Their, their specialty is working on the sim. You, you know, when you're building a house, you don't use your electrician to build your back deck, right? So maybe it's good to have a, 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 another source building in the background. It might be, you know, better off in the end once they get everything the way that they want to have someone else doing it uh, and let them, fo- like you're saying, focus on what they're good at. So let me describe the error, the, the error but basically... I went into one of the very first new forum posts and I commented on it and I subscribed to it because I wanted to see what the notifications were. And ever since then, I get an email literally when everybody, anybody comments on that thread. So I just on that thread alone, I maybe have gotten two to 300 emails. Um, so it's broke. I mean, and, and it's, it's, you don't want to follow threads, especially big ones that go several pages long because you'll get buried in email. So... The other thing about this is, man, we got to wait, you know, I mean, they're talking Q4. That's a long ways away to get this fixed. Last week, we finally had we had our uh, charity race. It was a blast. Uh, We have a special thank you to all who helped make make it a project. This is probably typed up by Tony, so I'm going to do a little reading for you. We had uh, 34 drivers show up and it was a multi-class racing that was a blast. Bob Fellenbaum and Dwayne MacArthur won the cup. Is that how it turned out? Polls. Oh, polls. Okay. Polls. Uh, it's because it was down on the next line. Uh, Team Tafosi led the majority of the cup side with Eric, S.A., and Dwayne hunting each other down on the Xfinity side. We saw some long green flag runs with uh, Greg Hackless took home the checkered for the cup and Eric Essary nabbed the Xfinity prize. Eric also grabbed the Old Bastards Racing League and the Metro Ford Chicago Clean Driver Awards. Grabbing both of those awards on the cup side was uh, me. And both David and Eric generously donated their winnings back to Project K9 along with poll winners. Thanks to everyone who participated and donated. We couldn't have done this without you and feel free to check out obrl.net as well as emetroford.com. And I should have won this, but uh, I had um, uh-huh. I lost over 10 seconds entering pit road because it was basically blocked. You lost cuz of strategy. I won. I won. Dude, I was 1 I'm second behind you and I'm I lost winner. 10 seconds. Strategy beat you. <laughs> I lost. Greg. Okay, no, the, strategy uh, beat me because if I had pitted one lap earlier, pit road wouldn't have been blocked. And, and I'm doing this for Chris Scales because uh, because he likes to bug Steve, and maybe Steve will listen to this. Uh, I, I donated my uh, spotlights and I won because as the winner, the only thing I won was one thing. Uh, David took everything home in second place. He took everything, all the other prizes. It was and, like 125 uh, bucks. So I donated uh, the spotlights because I already had them to the OBRL league. And I guess they gave them away at one of their events on the weekend. Uh, So whoever won that, I couldn't remember what Chris said who won it, but uh, I hope they enjoy it. Yeah, I would have I would have donated the the lights as well. I thought about that right off the bat. If if I win, um, I'm either going to give them my old ones or I'm just going to donate them. Uh, I called my win. I called it, so I knew I was donating it. <laughs> uh huh. You did call the win. Um, 
But I didn't think we should take take the money if once we uh, once we won as the hosts. Well, that was the coolest thing. I mean, uh, I thought about the ending of the race was hearing afterwards that everybody involved donated everything back, basically, and any actual prizes were given back to OBRL, and they gave them away in their all-star race, so they were able to have prizes for their event. We were able to give as much money as we possibly could to Project Canine. I forget uh, how much Tony said it we raised, but it, but it was significant. Yeah, it was significant. 15 plus? For a small group like us, it was significant for sure. And I think, like I said, I think I, I don't know if it was Dave, I think it was Chris I was talking to, but um, I didn't care what the prizes were or anything. I just want, we don't get to race all our teammates very often and uh, do it on an off week and go out and just have fun with the guys in a competitive track in a great style like the two cars idea was an awesome event and it it that xfinity car has way too much horsepower for the cup car that has way too much downforce and can go through the corners but the xfinity car catches them on the straightaways it's just it's a nuts combo at at michigan but it's so much fun it was and um for you know we were able before the race to line up on the back stretch as a team i think we had 10 or 12 of us i don't know but we got a couple pictures of the everybody lined up in their canine paint jobs and uh that is cool because we normally don't get to be on track all at the same time so that alone is is a, a bonding experience for team tofosi um also i want to point out that to- tony jennings won the best uh, paint award uh, when he honored the heroes of Washington, um, and uh, and so they checked out his paint. Very cool paint, and uh, everybody that had special paints out there. I had uh, David. I know you did your own. Um, I was running a Bobby Jonas Sim Wraps design, which yeah, was really good out there. And Mike was as well. Uh, Bobby ran his own. I guess Tony, Josh, Josh did one for Josh from our team. Did one for for. Uh, for uh chris uh i'm not i'm sure did tony get one done from i don't know brandon i think maybe brandon but it everybody was representing real nice there and i was really good to see yeah and we're gonna do this every year tony said uh pledge he's definitely gonna this is our second year we've done it uh we're gonna do it uh next year for sure so and i'll win that one too (laughs) (laughs) right david i'll win that one too you're calling it already? <laughs> probably. I'll probably have some other stupid thing happen. <laughs> Firecracker 400. Uh, Landon Castle mentioned in a post last Friday that the entry list uh, for the four Firecracker has surpassed the 300 mark, and there were still three days left to register at that time. I'm pretty sure it's full by now. But uh, this is a big event. Um they put out a neat video as well. Uh, they called it Goosebumps, but just kind of a, uh, you know, get your bud, blood boiling kind of thing, showing off the cars and the racing and the action um, and what to expect for the Firecracker 400. Um, and, and the video just gets you a pump. I'm just like, man, I want to go get in this car right now and run it. Looks like we've got a video here of Junior winning one of the prelims as well. The final one. Back on June sixteenth, which was uh, yesterday. Yeah, they had the uh, th- they have these races where they narrow down the field to the actual 
uh, 40 or so that will compete. And yeah, Dale Jr. won one of those. When is this event coming? Is it a couple weekends away still? I don't know if it's next week or the week after. But I'll be watching for sure. Um, oh, it's definitely a must-see. You know, I, I enjoyed last, watching last year's. And the production value itself with just the way that they announce it and how they run it is top-notch. Yeah, they always were showing the, the announcers on screen. Big old prize purse. Uh, you know, in for this race, there's tons of cash involved. So pretty cool. So Road to Pro, uh, I guess, is running an exhibition race at Knoxville on the 24th uh, of June here. Uh, so that's what, this weekend? Or no, next, a week next from week? tonight. It's a week from tonight. Okay. Um, Tyler posted in the forums, uh, they'll be doing an exhibition race at Knoxville. Uh, all the series parameters will be set exactly to as a round two, except they will be fixed setups for this uh, exhibition race. Um, it'd be an official series and count towards your IR and SR. The purpose, the purpose of this is to completely test the functionality uh, of the roster-based series to go off the snake snake split. So they're basically doing this to try and just test everything out, make sure they don't have any hiccups on the first week. Uh, that exactly. They do it. Great idea. Which is kind of, it's odd that they're doing it, but it's nice that, that to see that they're finally, you know, doing things where, you know, testing these things before it all of a sudden shows up and they have a problem. Right. Um, so look for that on the 24th uh, to see, uh, see how it goes for them. It should be fun to watch. I want to see how the snake splits work out, though. Okay, next, to help wanted, if you want to work for iRacing, Greg West posted in the forums, two new job openings. We got senior 3D car artist, uh, assistant outsource manager, and an environmental artist. And there's job requirements and descriptions listed if you're interested. And they're only suggesting senior, for, right? Senior, meaning you know what you're doing, I guess. <laughs> Which means they're getting bigger and they need to have uh, some better, or they need to get some more people or more staff that can uh, with hand with do what they need to uh, accomplish. Or, the, you know, I don't know, maybe they've lost a designer too in the last while. Who knows? It could be turnover, yeah, or it could be growth. But regardless, it's good. It's good to see. Ever uh, eat so much you feel like a blimp? I like blimpies. Is that a gas station or or like a fast food chain near y'all? It, it's a sub sandwich you you buy at a gas station, actually. <laughs> That'd be funny then if you could actually get a sub sandwich to float up above the stadium, right? Well, we have some new blimp tools that are supposed to be a game changer. Um, for those who love to do video editing within the sim or just watching cool replays, there's a new blimp tool. He has no idea what the blimp radius is, but it looks amazing. The blimp circles around at a set distance, and you can change this distance. Before, you could only go down to 100, which was still very large. Now you can go down to one, so you can fine-tune shots for those corners, especially you can now make uh, decent attempts at boom crane shots or low drone shots without the camera going clear on the other side of the track to get back around. That's actually really helpful. Uh, for the video editing side and and the screenshot side, because um, like they're saying that that blimp is one of the, it's such a stationary di dis like gap 
it's really hard to get good shots from it. And I, I was wondering if they were ever going to, at some point, do a drone type. I know you can create your own drone shot here, but when talking about the drone shot, with the way that they're utilizing it all television stuff, that's one camera they haven't yet kind of made something that floats around the track like that. Well, uh, you say that, but look at the video in the forum post, Greg, that Nick Neben put up about this tool. And and that's exactly how I would describe this shot. It is a drone shot. Um, the camera is moving. Um, it, you know, it, not the, maybe the first example, but the second or third definitely looks like a drone shot. Well, and I guess what he's showing in the example here is that it's he's using the far it's it's it technically can be done it's in one spot but you can use it for the whole track which is nice like instead of having multiple different cameras you're just changing the way it floats around the track yeah he brings the altitude really low obviously and 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 makes that distance of it spinning down to a a small number and that's how he's getting the effect yeah that video is really cool that's uh, you don't usually see shots like that unless it's a well, uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember seeing shots like this. It looks more like a movie production. So just Some for kind of our listeners, game. you know, how, how do you do this? You hit control F12 and you'll get a new menu pop up where you can make these adjustments. And then if you're clever, you'll use the keyboard letters W, A, S, and D uh, to move cameras around in combination with alt and control. Well, and the other thing, like I, I've made the suggestion before on the um, podcast here and to some other guys, if you guys have a spare Xbox controller or gaming controller, set your set some of your stuff up for your camera. If you want to do more some of those camera shots, set bu- the buttons up on your controller and use the analog sticks to move around uh, and set things up. That's the best way to create these shots is you're instead of using your mouse and trying to drag and do all these these things with it you can use it like you're driving around on your on your gaming pad like you're driving a a drone so greg west has posted in the forums that they will now be having eight cars available in certain series that's going to be the european sprint series imsa gt sprint gt3 fixed and gt3 endurance um, oh gosh, I'm going to slaughter this word. The Creventic Endurance Series will as well, and as well as the NURB Endurance Series will not change as they already, they're already in progress. I haven't looked at this. I'm going to actually go look at the cars available on the site, on the uh, website right now. It'd be interesting to see what car they've added in to, uh, to accommodate it like obviously the gt3 series has gotten bigger because the car cap like different car manufacturers have gotten in there uh but imsa what's the car that they would have added and the european sprinters well in euro it looks like they've got uh, more gtes now including the, yeah they've got the they've got five gte classes or cars now in in porsche in the uh, euro series so they have porsche corvette they have all five of them. All five? Yeah. And I, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they did in IMSA as well. All right. Let's talk about a better car, the NASCAR 87. Uh, let's, we have some thoughts about the update. Um, last week, we talked about Dale Jr. and all the work he did on getting together uh, this latest update. And so I found a few uh, people that I want to 
uh, read what they thought. Um, Cody Dutton. Cody Dutton is the man in this car. I mean, nobody runs more laps in this car than Cody and his brother. Um, but they were the guys to beat when I was running this car. Anyway, Cody says, Michigan shows massive tire wear in just a few laps. Charlotte looks balanced. Going to require a lot of testing and practicing to see how good or bad this update is. Dale described this era as searching for front turn. I feel that now. It's pretty tight. Feels like a big potato street stock that will never turn. And once you get it turned, you break the rear tires loose. Then we have James Allen. Uh, he posted, no more snap loose. Car is very fun to drive still, though. Actually requires braking, unlike the contemporary cars. I might actually enjoy Daytona this time around. You can tell there's more downforce, but not an egregious amount. Car is slower overall, gets tight off if you get on the gas too early, but lap times are close to the real-life values. I did look up pole speed that, on Racing Reference. Tire conservation is going to be extremely important. You have to crank the wheel 90 degrees to the left, like what's shown in the in-car videos from the time period. Big fan so far. I think people are going to like the changes a lot. Uh, if you do, if you're doing 90 degrees in a cup car, you're you're destroying the tire. Uh, we have we have the sets set up to only go 45 degrees. Have you tried them yet since the update? Yeah, um, but not enough to really get a good feel for it. Um, I just did some testing, but I did. The snap loose is gone, like they say. Um, it did feel the floatiness of like the Cadillac. My grandma's Cadillac seems to be gone too. Um, it felt more like a modern car as far as that goes. Just a little update on the previous topic. I did get I did get it looked up. They they now have three GT3s running. They've got that BMW, the Porsche, and the Lambo. We ready to move on? Let's go talk about crowds. They're not going to be turned off at more tracks now. Nick Nieben has posted that Chicago is joining Southern National and Williams Groves as tracks that the crowds cannot be turned off. So some kind of glitch. Um, I don't know if when it was season three or patch one, but if you try to turn off crowds, which I don't try to, so I would never have noticed, but apparently it doesn't work at certain tracks. And Nick's not staff, so this is not a not a feature. It's got to be a glitch. Yeah, I'll take this one. Uh, we got a post from staff member Francisco Scaramuza, uh, and it's basically instructions on what to expect when joining and registering for a special event. And they've made some changes to the process, and that's the reason for the post, basically. So I'm going to kind of go through this now. Um, once the main registration period closes, the splits are being made prior to events beginning to launch. The scheduler is simply not going to allow any additional members to register until all sessions have finished launching. This will give the scheduler unimpeded time to do its thing. Those who try to register during this time period will not be allowed to register. They'll receive a new error message that says, Please wait. Registration is temporarily closed while the session launches. You'll be able to register once the session is fully started. For members that registered for the session before the main registration period closed, nothing has changed. They still receive that join button or the race button. 
um, or if they're in the practice session, just as they normally would. This message is only presented to members who attempt to register for the session after the main registration window is closed and before the session is launched. Good. So what they found is you, you'd have the initial starting driver, you know, get in and then everyone else would pile in and that would was what would delay everything. So now everyone else can't pile in. They have to wait until the sessions launch and then they can join. I guess it's just an easier way to, to slow their traffic down. It's to control the bottleneck. Right. So what was happening is, is all these people were, were piling in and it, every time someone would pile in, they would have to recalculate how the splits were split and it would exponentially uh, increase the time it took. Well, they should. So that's why that one, uh, they had that huge delay on that one big event. It was, that was the reason why. So this fixes that, basically. It, it, they weren't having to actually do any recalculating because the, the splits were being calculated based on how many drivers you registered because you, you have to pre-register your drivers now and make sure they all get a fair share. So that's already set. But what was happening is one person would register the drivers and register for the race and go into the practice session, and everybody else would just chill. Right. And then the, it, it would, let's say 901 would hit and uh, everybody, all the other drivers would be like, OK, I'm going to get in now. Boom, 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 boom. And that would just overwhelm the system with 8000 people registering all at the same time while the system is trying to create the splits and launch the servers. My question is, is this going to move the bottleneck? to another spot where once you guys are in the session and doing stuff and everybody tries to join that after, is it going to move that bottleneck? I know the sessions will have been created, but what's the, what's the impact of having now those, you know, say the 900 P extra people try and join in at the same time uh, when they're allowed to, what's the bottleneck going to be there? It's, it's more like a, it's more like a triage because the instead of two things being done at the same time, one's done and then the other's done. So it's it's spreading the bottleneck out, yeah. making it making it longer. We'll find I out. I just hope it doesn't take. I just hope it doesn't take resources away from, you know, say everybody say everybody's not allowed to join until you're about to start. Well, if you're out on the track and ready to start, and everybody starts joining in, what's it going to do to the server lag? There's still that 30-minute practice session, but it's True. But what happened is that the system got so overwhelmed that it just flat out timed out and locked up. With there's a little bit, if it's a little bit laggy for two minutes, or it, it, something takes just a little longer, that's different than the system completely crashing. You want me to take this one, or you want to do this one, Mike? Well, yeah, this is kind of a somber one. Um, yeah, I'll let Mike do this one. This one. Um, so iRacer Gary Corbett, um, now we've had him on the Aftermath just a few months ago, a couple months ago, three months ago. Uh, he started up a GoFundMe. Well, his family did for him. He's too proud to. But uh, he's a wonderful, uh, kind and talented friend, keyboardist, and iRacer Gary Corbett, and he needs help and support. Uh, he has some health issues. Uh, we've heard now that Gary has a very aggressive form of cancer, uh, lung cancer, that has uh, moved on to a brain and hip. Uh, the good news, it is treatable. Um, 
And as you know, most musicians don't have health insurance, or when they do, it's not that great. But uh, due to the cost of these treatment, Gary is on the verge of losing his home, and the medical bills are piling up alongside the other bills. He has completed a series of radiation therapy, is undergoing an aggressive series of chemo and immunotherapy, and is slated to start cognitive and occupational therapy soon. Gary and his wife, Lenora, are desperate. They cannot afford to pay for the treatments, and stopping is not an option. And they go on to tell a little bit about Gary's history. We all know it. Um, He's a great guy. So there is a GoFundMe. Uh, We have the link uh, on our script on our website at iracerslounge.com. Go there and help out anything you can, $1 or more. Uh, Every bit will go to Gary's family to help with the medical cost. Now, I've heard from uh, our friends over at the OBRL. those guys have stepped up big time um, and have, have donated very generously to their fellow league member. Um, the most recent number, $2,500 has been raised by the OBRL league themselves uh, towards Gary's GoFundMe. The actual GoFundMe is at 122 donations for over $10,000. That's great. When I saw this earlier in the week, we were at six, and now we're at ten. Um, I mean, ten thousand is not a lot. I mean, it sounds like a lot of money, guys. But when you have these kind of bills with a mortgage and medical, I mean, he's going to need more than that. So please, please, uh, let's help him out. Uh, this guy's a, a great racer, and we need to help him out. Was he actually on the uh, the aftermath? With the music yes. career, this was him. Okay, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Him. This is the guy who worked with all the bands. He was in the band Kiss and uh, others. And he's yeah, also was... our uh, thesaurus and dictionary. That's creator. right. Oh yeah. Right. So yeah, he's helped us clean. He reminded us that we need to clean up on our pronunciations. Thank you for that, Gary. Pronunciations. <laughs> did I? Did I say that in Ernst or? Uh, that's not how you say it, I don't believe. We're, we're of course, that with, might be regional. Mike did that intentionally. No one will ever know. Get well, Gary. We'll be pulling for you, buddy. Uh, Greg is supposed to be talking about this article, and I see his lips moving, Ooh, but I don't sorry, see him talking. I hit the wrong button. It would help if I would hit the right button. There, you got me now. Um, world records here uh, being set in iRacing. I guess the Overtake uh, website here, overtake.gg, did an article here on the five sim racing world records that, you know, probably are never going to be beaten. And I kind of looked through these here and I was like, you're probably right with how it's going. So the five that they've listed here is they got Martin Kroenke winning uh, every race in a season. So that would have been in the uh, VR or the uh, F1 car. Series F1 car. That was like, yeah, that was a couple years ago in 2017. Gregor Hutu has 50 wins and has five world uh, championships and uh, or five-time world champion in iRacing. Uh, five, five championships in six years. Yeah. Kawanda wins the 24 hours of Daytona six times, six different times. Now, uh, I'm going to interrupt you, Greg, because the next two aren't even iRacing, so I'm like, eh. Well, I, I'm going to re- say this anyways. Like, the lap record at Vietnam in F1 2020 – I don't know if you've ever watched these lap records with these with that sim. It's they're kind of like unbelievable lap records where it's 
you, the car has way too much grip for what physically is possible to do some of the things it's doing. And then I don't even know what the a dream track mania record. I don't even know uh, what track mania is, to be honest, as a gamer. Uh, exactly. But it's good to see the t- three of them and three of them are huge accomplishments. Obviously, Coanda winning the 24 hours of Daytona six times. Coanda is pretty untouchable in a lot of road racing stuff anyways. They always have a great lineup. Um, Gregor Hutu is, I, I, I don't know how much you watched the world championship back when he was running it in the, the F1 car, but he was dominant in that F1 car, like just dominant. Um, when so, they switched to Porsche, I mean, that just, it, it killed what he had going. Yeah. And I mean, he's still relevant, but he just hasn't had the same success as the car, uh, that he dominated those in. And, I kind of missed the F1 car the way they used to when they used to run that car because it was awesome. There was some pretty good racing with that car. Well, we'll see if that Dallara Jet Car Championship will replace it. Maybe. Okay, let's talk podcast housekeeping notes. Don't forget about the Aftermath podcast. You need to go subscribe to that. I think they're recording this Saturday. I don't know what. And we are associated with Midwest uh simulations that's the name of it yeah yeah and they have their spotlights and you can get 10 percent off if you use this coupon code iRacers lounge yeah and they were the ones that donated the spotter lights for the race for us uh, our charity race so thank big shout out to them for actually jumping in and donating them so that we could when we won we could donate them somewhere else <laughs> yeah and we do appreciate scott over there at midwest for helping us out with that Uh, We are in regular rotation over at the Performance Motorsports Network. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Let's kick off some hardware. We have the Thrustmaster official uh, Formula Wheel add-on. And uh, they've got a little tweet with a recommended key mapping. And uh, that's a pretty extensive button. I, I like that it's got the knobs further down to the bottom and more buttons that are more in reach of the thumb. And this wheel is got native integration with iRacing. So that means they've worked pretty close with them to try and make sure that this works. This covers everything that they would need in the sim to race and it's at your fingertips with the way that they have this design. I was looking through the, the button mapping here and it's, it's really such a nice wheel to have on the Thrustmaster side there. Now, I don't know if it's just me, but I don't feel like Thrustmaster is popular in iRacing. I just, it doesn't seem like a lot of people use it. And I don't know if that's just my impression, but I think, you know, as a company, when they go and do something like this and they put out this kind of, wheel um like you and and like both of you said it's got some really nice details and that you know integration with iRacing you know that's native they're trying i mean they're trying to get some of the market i'd like to know what the native really means other than maybe all of those mappings can be automatically imported meaning you don't have to do software or anything and everything just works and the other thing david is the um that dash because it's native, it like Mike's saying, it works right off the bat. There is no nothing on the outside of the sim that um, that dash should work without uh, any 
any other You're pulling from lab. the API or something, yeah. right? So I think, Mike, on your what you're thinking or with the thing with Thrustmaster is, is if you look at Logitech and Thrustmaster, they're kind of the two lower end entry levels. But Thrustmaster is a little bit above with depending on what you're looking at. But that pushes it into the Fanatec area. And it seems like Fanatec's taken over that mid-range market. And now with their direct drives and um, Thrustmaster is kind of in the middle there without a direct drive platform right so there is no they've got this i think this i don't remember what the cost of this rim was but i don't think it was cheap it's a it's a good add-on rim but uh um for what it cost it, i think what it's done is it's shoved it into the fanatec field without the the option of what the options of what fanatec has and and I think that's what's kind of why you're saying if somebody's going to buy something, is it a Thrustmaster or are they just going to go straight to Fanatec? Because I think Fanatec is what the, a lot of people suggest, right? What a transition to the next topic. I mean, so scroll down one and look at a new Thrustmaster tease they put out. They also teased a 400-watt peak power T-Turbo with more to come on June 23rd. So it doesn't. So it's just a tweet. And it doesn't show anything besides the word T Turbo, and it says 400 watts peak power out of the box. Is this their direct drive? I don't know. Just can either of y'all quickly math how much uh, torque you get out of that, or how much torque the uh, CSL takes, or how many watts the t- the current CSL DD takes? I'll Google that real quick while y'all chatter. Yeah, I'm not exactly. sure what this is going to be. It seems like, if if not, Mike, do you think it's like, is it another unit that boosts it up towards like Fanatec's 2.5 type base? Maybe it's like a higher end base for them, not. But it sounds like if they're trying to push this out, does it go into the direct drive? Does it push itself into the direct drive category? Well, that's the thing. And, uh, you know, the, when you look at the replies to the tweet, you know, there, there's a lot of people speculating here. But one one guy, uh, Massimus, he says, um, jumping ship to where? Fanatec launched nothing yet, and Thrustmaster always does a good job. And so there's a lot of people here that are weighing in about it and trying to guess what it might be. But uh, Sir Lopez RM, he said, with this power, it won't be a mid-range wheelbase that... Um, so he's trying to guess there. I don't know. As long as they don't go away from their, their lower end bases as well, because some people do need to be able to, to, to have that entry level wheel to jump into sim racing. Are you taking keyboard lessons from Anthony, Greg? Why? We, you're talking, but we're, kind of, we're not hearing you. I don't know. So you, whatever, you, whatever your last reply was about the cheaper wheel, I don't think we heard it. You got me now. Yeah, we got you. What I was just saying is I said, I was just thinking, is the the lower end market starting to move its way up where it's not the cheap as we think it is anymore? Is now, you know, what I'm driving right now is probably considered the low end market and a CSL base from Fanatec. And it is a lower end one, but it's still higher end than than. Thrustmasters and Logitech's uh, maybe, but we're talking about your kid that's driving 
NASCAR heat on a PS blah, right? They're not, I don't think they're going to buy a CSL. I think there'll always be that low end market. You got to have an entry level um, point or an entry level point. And uh, Logitech and Thrustmaster have been filling that pretty well. So Huskenvelt tweeted out that uh, they want to say, Dear customer and dear sim racing fan, we are happy to let you know that our sim pedal ultimates are now on sale. Do you want to know more? Check out further information. So if you go to their webs or their the, the tweet, um, actually the high school page there, um, trying to get into it here. I have to, while you're looking, I have to make a, a nerd uh, deja vu plug. When you said, do you want to know more? I had a flashback to Starship Troopers. I'm looking them up, but basically the Sim Pedals Ultimate I got on Um, They There's quite a range in price. I, I think there's different options here. Yeah, we just saw the tweet. We don't have. I don't have the website on my. Yeah, so it's cut down from the the three pedal set is normally one thousand ninety eight euros down to eight hundred sixty six euros. That's so, cheap. Yeah, that's not bad for the best pedals they have. I'm pretty sure those will be all sold out real quick. Okay. I got the next one. An MPI shout, shout out. Uh, Max Pappas Industries posted on their Facebook a special shout out to the Bearded Breezy Racing who bought something we're not even technically selling yet. This Twitch streamer bought the very demo unit off the showroom floor and became the first unofficial owner of the new Max Pappas Innovations Sim Max Racing Rig. And so we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We saw it on the website, uh, said coming soon. And uh, now we see it in the wild. Just love the colors. I love the orange and black. Uh, those are my high school colors. So maybe that's why I like it. I wonder how he was able to, you know, be the first one to get it. Like, I know you said he bought it. Were they just allowing him to buy it at that time, or did he convince somebody? He bought Max a beer, maybe, you know? Moving on to shifters. We, I'm pretty sure we covered this one when we had our yep. we had our, shiv, our shifter exposition. Uh, Darren Gangey has posted that the for, on the forums that the VNM shifter and accessories are now for sale for immediate shipment at sim-motion.com. Uh, they have them for both U.S. and the EU shops. And he mentioned that it is uh, it has been promoted on uh, Sim Racing Garage. I may have said that already. Uh, got a forum post and a, and a, also a link to their website. Sold out, sold out, sold, sold out. out. Yeah. So when we talked about these before, I think you had to get them directly from Vietnam, and so this is a U.S. Uh, Canadian distributor. Uh, but apparently he's out of stock. Uh, Two fifty nine ninety five for this one. It's not a bad price. That's exactly what I paid for my shifter, which we'll talk about in a minute. Factories are really having trouble keeping up. Uh, it's, uh, internationally, there's still a lot of shutdowns. Uh, isn't Canada? Canada? <laughs> isn't Whoa! <laughs> well, see, there is a place called Canada. Canada in uh, in Canada. It's in Ottawa. <laughs> is it spelled the same but pronounced differently? No, it's spelled with a K. Oh, okay. Uh, Canada. 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 I can't pronounce Canada today. Um, 
there's y'all still have quite a bit of lockdown as well, I believe. Yeah, we we have our own issues here where they don't let us do much. We'll, we'll go with that. Well, I guess this is as good a spot as any to talk about my new shifter I ordered. So Sunday or Monday night, Greg, you pointed out that it was a third league race in a row I've had problems with my shifter crapping four. in the race. Four? Yeah. I've been around for four, and you've failed every one of them with the shift problem. I know. And so basically, the wheel still works, but my shifter, my paddle shifter stopped working during a race, and the only way to fix it is reboot the wheel. So I keep losing track position, having to do that, and it sucks. And so Monday night was the final straw. Um, and so I just broke down and bought one i'm gonna and 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 i was really debating what to do i'm like do i buy a new wheel do i buy a new fanatec rim and then bust this one off and and go that route or do i get a separate shifter and just keep the wheel i got and so that's what i did is i got a separate shifter keep the wheel i got i got a sequential shifter from Alog from russia and uh that was the first unique thing about it was I had to pay PayPal basically to a website in Russia and uh, first time I've done that and uh, you always kind of wonder in the back of your mind am I getting ripped off am I even are they even going to ship anything and uh, but you know there's people out there that have them and I've seen them before and we've talked about it so that's the one I ordered and uh, I actually got shipping uh, from DHL today and it will be here next week I was just going to I was going to just ask you that question. Did you get a, a reference when it was going to come? I shipped today, so uh, I think it's like seven days from now. And PayPal does have an insurance option for scams. Yeah, you can dispute it, too. Well, I did get an email from PayPal afterwards that looked like a PayPal email, you know, the colors and the logos. But every word on the email was in Russian, every word. <laughs> So were you uh, looking through the Russian dictionary or using Google to translate? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I had to pay them in rubles and it was like 18,000 rubles, which was like $260. Uh, Before I go to the, we go to the next topic here too. The the reason I yelled at Mike this week to get that, to get something figured out with his thing from the league races, he noticed the shift problem, he was stuck under caution on a restart in front of me in an all-star race <laughs> with half the race to go. And we were trying to, uh, <laughs> trying to make sure we didn't run them over. Yeah. I mean, when it's caution and you didn't pit and you don't know that your shifter stopped working and you're coming to the green. So you drop it down to second and guess what? It wouldn't drop to second. My microphone doesn't work in the room because that's on the wheel rim too. And so I'm telling my teammates and team speak, hey, I'm stuck in fourth gear. You know, it's going to be bad. And so they start yelling at everybody in the room, watch out for Ellis, you know. So, David, I know you have problems with pedals. I don't think uh, someone who's not going to have problems with his pedals maybe here. Uh, Ray Alfala tweeted that he is getting his VRS direct force pro pedals in, uh, installed. Um, so he's got a picture here, him sitting on the floor with a steering wheel and he's got his pedals in front of him. And I guess he's just visually going over how he's going to race with it. Um, 
He'll probably be okay as long as the guy that's doing the truck fix setups is not testing his pedals. <laughs> they look nice, though. It looks like a, a decent setup. Obviously, is he? He just obviously he just taken him out, took him out of the package, and he's probably uh, waiting to put it inside his rig. I don't know uh, what Ray runs on rig wise, but uh, it'd be nice to see what they looks like installed in his setup with his uh, full racing setup. Have these oh. been released? Uh, good question. Or are they? Because I I can't really tell from this picture. Are they still just load cell, just with some heavy springing? Yeah, I think they're load cell. Yeah. So let, let's go there, David. I mean. Do you wish you were Ray and you would have bought the VRS Direct Force Pro pedals? Or are you happy with your purchase, the Sim Coaches? I'm happy with my purchase. For for one, it, they were available, you know, when almost everywhere is sold out. Um, yes, I, I we ended up running Le Mans, and it was running great. I had a really great first stint in the car. When I come back late, later that afternoon, I keep making mistakes on braking. And... Um, getting frustrated thinking what is going on the the running theory was uh i just suck at night which is not the case i run night races there all the time and don't make those kind of mistakes but um the third time i came back i sat down getting ready to take over and i realized that my brake is suddenly really squishy um, it's a hydraulic pedal but it had way more play than it used to have and even though i could still get it to full uh 100% and 0% usage the the range of motion was was further away from me and smaller and that's why when I was trying to do my trail breaking and lifting I kept lifting too much and going too hard into corners and it ultimately ended up costing us the race but in the middle of that race I posted something on the on sim coach's website and had immediate replies with a link to a video and if i had actually paid more attention to the video than greg and dave who gave me different instructions on how to fix it um i would have got it bled properly and been able to not have the problem uh, i did finally figure out how to bleed it properly the next day lawrence has been in contact direct contact with me on facebook helping me fix everything with it we got it working about two days later I, I sat down and noticed it was squeegee again i bled him got it got it working right again and, and i messaged lawrence and he said okay let's go ahead and warranty those pedals so air is getting into it somehow but i mean you talk about 100 percent the best customer service i've had in sim racing ever from those guys it's it's been it has been great um and when their pedals are working 100 percent it feels like real pedals it feels like you're actually in a car and it, it's the trail breaking and just just the way it feels i don't know how else to describe it i actually wear shoes now instead of racing barefoot because they're so stiff and um it's uh yeah it's they're really nice uh you know, I sent an email to Fanatec about the circuit board that's broken, asking for a replacement two weeks ago. Hadn't heard a word. So, is it a new that's set typical. they're sending, or they repair? No, there's they've, there's already one on the shipping. I've got the tracking for it, and and it's got a return label to send this one back. They'll just fix what David's got and probably send it out to somebody else again for yep. some new parts on it. Another thing Fanatec doesn't do, if your stuff breaks, they're like, well, send it back and sit without your will for six months, six weeks or whatever. Now, we're still on the VRS topic here. I looked on their website, Mike, 
um, it's showing a price for the stuff, but it doesn't say if it's actually released yet. So I can't, I haven't found any information seeing if they're uh, out in the marketplace yet. They're 649 US just for the brake and gas. So All right. if, what, what Ray got, in, got has in front of them right there is about $900 worth of pedals because the clutch is separate. It's 249 for the clutch. There is a, uh, a link to like a reserve yours today, like a pre-order. Oh, so it's still okay. no dates. I don't see any dates. So they've just sent it to all their sponsor streamers, drivers type things. Right. Get the word out. Our next topic, we kind of already covered because we talked about it in the show notes, but you've got more details, including an actual screenshot of the LFE uh, base shaker settings. Posted yeah, by impact. Tucker engine gear rev limiter rumble strip wheel slip uh they may have just spent some more of my money now that this is built into the sim i might actually try to get a shaker instead of a different seat oh look how easy that was to spend your money Zing. you know what you probably should get it too david just get two two base shakers yeah you know Front and rear. Well. yeah it's your money like, what do we care? It's your money. Okay. Uh, I got this one. Uh, so this is the... I want to bring this back up. Tried and true rigs is what I called this one. But it's Carolina Simworks. And uh, I think, you know, we've talked about them a long time ago. And, and it's been a long time. But I think I forget and everyone forgets what quality rigs this guy has. I mean, man, these look nice. And, and so the... The Twitter he put out today uh, shows some of the new colors that he's sporting. He's got a an eighty twenty style rig that's black, but all the horizontal pieces are a really bright yellow, you know, like a neon yellow. And then there's a really nice uh, blue as well, and an orange and uh, so forth. Uh, what do you guys think? It almost looks like a sprint car from a, at from at a glance. Well, he yeah. does have that unique uh, pedal uh, mount where you can mount it uh, vertically or, or, you know, hanging or inverted or, uh, you know, flush, you know, uh, based on the floor, floor mounted. Doesn't this have the option to hang the, the CPU on the end of the, by the pedals too? Is this the sim that does? I don't know if it's a sim that does it, but I think I just like the, uh, the options for the colors. Like not many of these companies offer... Like when you buy an eighty twenty rig, you're basically just an eighty twenty rig. It's there's it's the silver or the black option, and that's all you get. You don't really have it, but to have these little accent pieces and the like the, the brackets for the arms and things like that to be different colors is, is such a unique option if if you want to, you know, have a theme going in your in your sim room. And that cross mount for the for the actual direct drive is the heaviest duty cross mount I've seen in any rig we've covered. It's really thick, yeah. And uh, yeah, I really like you said that if you if you get a theme on the colors like this one that's orange, you know, to go with that orange MPIC and an orange stripe on the wheel, I mean, boy, it just pop. You'd probably get your ugly uh, neon colors, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And then the, you the other thing about neon, these Yes. <laughs> integrated uh, triple monitor mount so the triple monitor mount is part of the rig 
Is that a good idea? Yes or no? I, I kind of think a separate mon triple monitor mount that's standalone. If you're going to go motion, you if you have, plan on ever upgrading to motion, you don't want your monitors not moving when your body's bouncing. Yeah, true. I think I think as an all-in-one unit, I don't see it being a huge issue, especially when it's a stable unit like that. Um, obviously, this is tried and true. This is these are the same the units that like Junior and them run, isn't it? The same company. Yes, they make yes. those rigs. Yeah, so it's basically half the NASCAR guys that ran the Pro Series are having these <laughs> rigs sent to them. Right. Yeah, Kyle Larson has this rig and Clint Boyer and all those guys. Well, we've covered talk picks. We've covered hardware. Are we ready to talk some results? NASCAR. So we were off last week with week 13. Uh, didn't have a whole lot going on. We did. Uh, so we started the official racing Wednesday night with Nashville. Uh, I started off with uh, position load the damn race set. Load the damn race set. And I should have typed that about 50 more times. Stand in front of the chalkboard and write it out 50 times. <laughs> Bart Simpson. So, David, you spent your time running at the back of the pack, dreaming up ideas of how to resolve this problem. Like, can't we have a, an app or a system that checks to, for the word, for the letter Q in your race set to, and let you know? Yeah, JRT will actually scream an alarm at you if you don't have full fuel when you load a setup, but you can't do that with a stock car, right? They, it always has to be full fuel. So if I forget to load it in, in a stock or a sports car race, it'll scream at you if you don't load the set and you can still go change it. So yeah, it was it was frustrating. I was basically stuck in the set, Q set, which is a good Q set, but it's terrible for race. And um, first of all, I had to pit and went two laps down fixing uh, you know, taking the tape off, and we, it was a real clean race. So I was just limping around with a set. Um, at one of the stops, which is a full green flag stop, I had 18% on the right front, and I don't ever run my tires down that low. It was 70 on the right rear, 18 on the right front. Man. So Kyle Pendigraft, he wrecked out early. I ran, I wrecked out. Uh, I used my keyboard to shift after what happened on Monday's league race. And so I had two buttons set up for that and no issues with that really, it, it kind of worked. <clears throat> and then I was gonna pit the first caution for gas. And so I unchecked the tires, but then I decided not to. And then we went many, many laps. And then I had to do a green flag stop. And guess what? I stopped and it gave me fuel only. And I'm like, oh no. And I went and check marked the tires and then it waits 10 seconds and then it gives me tires and then it takes another 15 seconds. And yeah, all under green flag. And so I fell back to 34th. Eventually, I finally caught a caution. I think it was as I was approaching the next green flag stop, I got a caution finally. And uh, ended up somehow restarting 11th uh, after that, got up to third but cycled back to 11th before getting killed in a big wreck where teammate Steven Lou Allen, who was in my uh, split, he actually got loose on a restart on the bottom, I think in turn three, and uh, it took several people out, including me. Um, it was a bummer. I just couldn't miss it. Um, it was in front of me. Um, 
I was able to keep going, but it did blow up a little bit later after another wreck I got turned in and, and couldn't miss. Then we moved on today. I was the only one that got to run the afternoon race. Uh, Tony was going to come run with me, but he got home and somebody stole the cable off of his pole to his internet. I guess for the copper. Yeah. That's a... Uh, I hope he catches who it was. Well, how long is that going to take to get fixed? Wow. He said the cable guy can't come out till tomorrow. So they just have to run a new cable. Um, but I did get to run, and I loaded the damn race set. So it was much nicer. Didn't qualify great. I think I was... I think I qualified 10th or so. It was top split, but it was kind of a low strength of field top split. Only like 3,500. Uh, got sideswapped on lot 20... Side swapped, side swiped on lap twenty by a guy with fresher tires that I was Canada. just letting that I was, and I was just letting him by on the front stretch, and he just came out and slapped me into the wall. It was fifty seconds of optional. I was able to get it fixed. Um, I even was I let the whole field go by because I drove through the grass in the front stretch, bounced off the wall. But I was passing a few people. We finally got a caution. I fixed fifty seconds worth of damage and. Um, then we had some long runs, and I made my way back up into the top 15. Some late cautions. I was able to steal a few more spots. Um, and I'm going to post a video of it later at some point. We had, we, on our first green and white checkered, we had an instant caution. It was the worst case of net code I've ever seen. We had a, we had a net code before we even went green. And it was a lap car that just decided to pull up beside a guy a little bit. And he's, he's like a almost a car width away from them and pulling up beside him and then suddenly the the victim's car just flams, slams to the right we all thought he'd spun his tires but you could see that it was an impact and a net code especially because of the way it timed pretty crazy ended up 11th and uh, might have had a top 10, 10 car if I hadn't have gotten put in the wall but uh, I, I'm glad I pulled off the P11 because I'm not going to get to race the rest of the week and we had Tony Rochette Wednesday open P5. He said, horrible qual, started in the 20s, but made my way up to top five within a run. The truck track is fun, even led some green flag laps. Probably would have had a top three, if not a win, if I had gotten fresh tires on the last caution. Three of the top five of us hung in there with the freshies. That moves I mean, us on to, uh, go ahead. Tony's Hold killing on. it was, with the top fives, guys. I was going to say, Tony, Tony has a... Uh, I cut. I got the guy to cut his uh, copper wire for his internet a couple weeks too early. I was trying to get him to do it on the road course week so he doesn't make us look so bad and myself look so bad with the finishes at the road course. Yeah, and then he goes to the oval and beats us all. <laughs> Good job, Tony. What does he do? Beats us all. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, don't give him any more ammunition for his sound whatever. Moving on to the league racing, on Monday we had uh, the all-star race in the Fast Track Sim League. Um, it was a neat format. They had some glitches at the end uh, and some, some angry drivers. I got um, wrecked by dive bombing twice. It was interesting. The, the package sucks. It's, it's almost really more of a factor of the package. But but um, I've, always been, I've always had the attitude that once you're in the corner and have started your turn, at that point if they dive in after that it's not their corner you know 
If you get beside me on the front stretch, I'm going to let you go. If you get me beside me at the end of the front stretch, but if I'm literally already in the corner and my spotter is saying clear, I'm going to turn the car down, right? And that's how I got turned, especially in the first wreck. Uh, he hit the, the very back corner of, of my car, you know? So if people don't agree with that, then I'm just going to have to start blocking really aggressively when, when, when people have runs but haven't actually gotten to me. So this was the next gen car. Yeah, I was just about to say that. So <laughs> we knew, and and this is my really first, you know, real race with it, so to speak. Same. And uh, my first impressions is I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like it. It doesn't have enough power. I think the biggest problem is is you can't get away from anybody. There's just there's no relaxing time. There's no you any any momentum like this kind of reminded me of the all-star race that we were watching at at texas like in general that when you when you couldn't complete pass and you lost the momentum you were losing positions it it just didn't work the car the car's not good in that configuration on ovals it's not enjoyable i don't i hope we don't have to race a full season next year with it that way i hope some things change um like I had fun, but I don't want to do that for a full 36 or well, it's going to be like 26 of them are going to be tracks like that or 20 of the tracks will be like that next year. But it, it does. It's it, like David said, it's you're clear in the corner, but because of the momentum and trying to get through the corner, there's still cars coming. They're always there's always a car that's trying to get past you and has got a run and you should be able to dive into the corner and go around it and not have to be always on the on the the, the defense there is no the, the offense is so hard to come by you're playing defense all the time and it just doesn't work like the restrictor plate tracks work where you you actually can kind of make you can make passes as you set it up right at the restrictor plate tracks but here it just it ends up like you said you can't get away uh, it's just it's just this crazy jacked up messed up slingshotting pack racing that's no fun now we're nashville's been a blast it's actually in the short track package even though it's a 1.3 track and it's actually it feels like two years ago before they brought in or two or three years ago whenever it was when they actually brought it you know before they brought in this high downforce crap and i think it's making real racing bad and i think it's making i racing bad now, Mike, I don't know if you and David, I don't know if you feel the same way I did. Um, obviously, I finished fourth in that race. I was I was hunting for a win there at the end. I just didn't get the run that I needed at the end. But I thought uh, Jeff was a little hard on himself about the actual league uh, and trying to get things going. That I, I mean, it was he tried the format. It was a little a little wonky with some of the eye racing. I think it was a lot of it had to do with the eye racing something coding wise screwed up where it went to single file restarts at the end and a bunch of things just didn't work. Um, but I don't blame Jeff and, and the league stuff for any of that. Like Jeff did a great job adminning it and, and making sure the guys, you know, were able to enjoy the race. I enjoyed it. I don't believe there was anything that, you know, there's some things that could have been done better, but it was an all-star race. Thank God it wasn't a normal race. Uh, we were just there to have fun. Yeah, I mean, there was nobody to cut when we got to the cut because 
everybody those that amount of people that are wrecked out or whatever so uh, it would have been a little bit better with more people let's talk about some of the problems like you said double file single file and then timing and scoring totally jacked during any caution when cautions don't count well that um you that's you're more accustomed to that if you do dirt racing is because that's what happens in a dirt race you like i got wrecked out early and i thought oh great pretty much my race is over i was pretty frustrated and it showed me like i i got the field passed me two or three times because i had to tow for two and a half minutes but the caution lasted that long and when i came back out and we went green i was on the lead lap that's just the way it does in dirt racing when caution laps don't count so it, it, it gets all jacked up you can't really tell if you're actually a lead lap car or not until you get going it's such an odd thing like obviously like you're saying dude we're not trained to we don't run the dirt i i had no idea that that was even even happened um i can't remember the last time i've raced a race that there was I mean, I, I did that telecast or broadcast with the to, uh, two Tonys and Chris one night, and I think that didn't have caution laps counting, or their first one didn't have caution laps. I remember watching it for the, the ladies of iRacing. I didn't realize that it, it worked that way with uh, the cautions, but it makes sense now, like what you're saying, David, it doesn't score until it gets another lap. Yeah, we had the experience with that last year when, when the majors was at Knoxville, but I, I didn't remember until it fixed itself after that that's that restart and then i was like oh yeah and then one point um he jeff tried to speed up the caution so there was a new feature released where he could hit a command that would make it one less caution lap and so we're in three and four and i think it's two to green and i'm thinking okay so he's thinking i'm gonna push the button and it'll now be one degree and well instead of being at two degree we're going to be at one degree so he pushed the button and whatever happened and all of a sudden boom we were green we went from like two degree to green and like within 10 five seconds after he pushed the button green flag and it kind of caught everybody off guard yeah we did we had to get lined we weren't single file we had to get lined up and it split the packs up really quick so for that whole run that those seven or eight guys in the front got away and um we, it, until that segment ended it was pretty split up i just think when he did it he didn't realize where we were on the track and <laughs> it, never give anybody a new shiny new toy like that it's just too much power uh to do something like that but hey nascar tries new things that might screw up in in the real all-star race so this is it functioned like it was supposed to function it's like hey let's try some crazy stuff and see if it goes bad or not and the thing is, like I'm saying, Jeff and Jeff Marble's doing a hell of a job with this league. I've, I I normally don't league race, and I've been, jumped in here and enjoyed it. Um, it would be nice if we get some bigger fields here. So anybody that's um, thinking of really wanting to join a league on a Monday night that runs the Cup Series race a week behind. So basically, we do the NIS schedule the week before, and then the Monday night you're running whatever the NIS was the previous the week the week you're on. So you basically get a full week of running an NIS with your setup and then you can bring it out to the Monday night race and race it there. But, uh, but yeah, the Fast Track Sim Racing League is definitely um, definitely a great league to run in uh, on Monday night. We had Josh uh, join us as well. I forgot what, what happened to him. I think he was in one of the wrecks uh, 
in the middle segment where because he got eliminated in the middle segment. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, he I, I went by him a couple times and he was near the back and uh, yeah, I don't think he made the cut. So we already talked mostly about the majors twenty four. Uh, we wrecked because of technical difficulties, but beforehand we were going doing really well. Uh, Dave had us up up towards the front. Uh, and we were staying there until we started having the major problems. Dave and Greg. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I, before we go anymore on that, like, I, I want to, I've never, I'm not a huge uh, fan of LeBaugh. Like, uh, that car, I'm just not great with the LMP1. And uh, I like LeBaugh, but it just, I can never, with that car, with their energy recovery and trying to get down the straights and stuff. It's, I was never getting it right, but for some reason something clicked this with running with the two Davids here, and man, did I have speed this week or this this time for this 24 hour race. I was, I basically, uh, when David had his problems earlier on in the night, we were we we lost the lead and we had gotten, I think we were 45 seconds behind, and by the time I gave it, the car back to David again for his next stint we were five seconds up or right or they're right even with the second place team. And, uh, you know, it was a fast, it was a good setup for the long different, uh, long distance run. I know, uh, I was kind of trying to get used to, uh, uh, what's David, what's his last, the other guy's last name again. Um, Burgess Burgess, uh, trying to get used to his lingo with the, uh, en- endo. It's the first time I think I've ever heard someone refer to it as an endo. That's just new to me. I know it's an endurance race, but uh, I like his, uh, his the way he t- talks about some of the stuff. But uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. We just need a fourth person to do it with us. We cannot do it with three and broken pedals. Yeah, and that car does have a little bit of a learning curve. You need you need a few experiences of running it. In, uh, and you don't want to jump in and the 24 hour be the first time you ever run it. And David at night. With broken pedals. <laughs> Moving on to OBRL, the Aftermath Truck Series, sponsored by iRacers Lounge Podcast. Congratulations to Josh Robinson, the number 23, for winning the Aftermath Podcast Truck Series race at Nashville Super Speedway. Tom Wongle. Hold on. I want to say that he's the guy that got my spotlights. I want to say, I think it was the truck one that they gave it away in. I could be wrong, though. Tom Ogle, uh, the number 11 car, brought home in, brought her home in second with Dwayne MacArthur. Well, I remember seeing him in that in the uh, charity race. The number 88 finishing third in the uh, Gary Corbet tribute paint job with Gary's number 88 on the truck. Yeah, a pretty neat paint. He's got Kiss, the band Kiss, on the on the hood, and um, really cool to see Dwayne uh, paying tribute to Gary. Uh, hang in there, Gary. We're all pulling for you. GridFinder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been this easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or upload your own. GridFinder the home of online sim racing leagues 
Well, that wraps up our results. Uh, I'll jump in, I guess, with my first final thoughts. Of course, I'm loving these pedals. Had a blast with that uh, charity race. I was definitely dejected in the moment because you, when you have one kind of slip out of your hands, it, it's it's a it's a tough feeling. But overall, Tony put together a great event, really well organized. Um, I need to go back and watch the broadcast. So yeah, it was a fun week. I'm. Heading, heading to Nashville in the morning. It's actually a quick trip for me, only four hours compared to anywhere else I have to go to watch a race. So I'm excited for that. Going to see all three races and also visit some friends that live over there now. Sunscreen and water. Lots of water. Um, I need to actually double check and see if they're, they're not going to pull the same crap Texas did with not letting you take coolers in when it's the hottest day you know, on record, right? Greg Cactus, final thoughts? Uh... I was, I guess that one thing that I was pretty jacked up about the last three races that we've run on Friday night, I, uh, David wants to think I stole a race from him, but, uh, I did steal it from him with better, better strategy. Um, running as strong as, and leading as many laps as we did in the 24 hours. Uh, I think what did we have only seven or eight hours left when, we wrecked out um, and then competing for the win on Monday night in the, the, the all-star race for the fast track. It, you know, it felt good to be really, really strong uh, consistently over this weekend, over three different cars, which <laughs> I uh, I'll take and uh, we'll uh, move on to uh, this week at Nashville. Uh, David, I guess if you're gone, you're not racing anymore at Nashville this week. It, I'll be racing Friday night, I guess. Yep. Oh, no, no, no I'm leaving in the morning. I'm, I'm done with Nashville. Yeah, that's gonna, what I thought. I'm going to yeah. run one more Amola here right after the show and then do my editing and then boom. I'll run off tomorrow night, try to get me a finish. Uh, well done, Greg. Uh, nice to see you being competitive. Uh, my final thoughts, this equipment woes. I mean, to spend $1,400 with Fanatec on this wheel, you know, 400 for the the wheel and 1,000 for the base and to have so many issues with it. And and now I had to spend another $250 on a shifter that I probably didn't even want or need, but I'm doing it kind of as a workaround because I can't race with it like it is. So I got the shifter coming. I'm happy about that. I also want to point out that I did order the cell phone holder that sits atop the uh, – Fanatec podium wheelbase. I got it uh, yesterday in the mail uh, from Etsy. That's uh, where I ordered it, and I love it. My uh, Samsung Galaxy A51 5G fits in it perfectly with the case off. I had to take the case off, but uh, it fits in there perfectly. It's nice and snug. My triple monitors are a little too close, uh, and it only uh, fits on about halfway but it's solid so I'm not going to move it but I probably need to move my triple monitors back about a half inch to accommodate but really liking it it's a good view above the wheel uh, when below before I was looking kind of below the wheel to see the screen um, and I like it so I've had a couple good uh, hardware upgrades uh, one is here one is coming so I'm excited and with that we'll see you on the track later
for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.